Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever, whenever you happen to be listening to us. Great Wide World brought together by the internet. Last three guys through a podcast are back after a week's break. Not a complete break. Daniel and I went up to Princeton and Bluefield, West Virginia, called Reinhardt's 45-21 victory over the Bluefield Rams. Though the Eagles go to 2-0 in the conference, and they've already got a inside track for that conference title. They play this weekend at Valeska against St. Andrews, and we'll have that for you at 12 o'clock Eastern time, 11.50 on uh for our pregame show. But let's talk about what's going on in the world of sports. And, of course, we're going to start with the NFL. A lot of stuff happening. The Atlanta Falcons and the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, whoa, this was a game of two halves. The Bengals could basically do no wrong in the first half. They had five drives. The first four resulted in touchdowns. When the Falcons finally got a punt out of it, it was... was, was when time was going down, and boy, they did something with it. A great return to get a field goal out of it, and it seemed like everything was on track for their momentum. They were going in the break 25-17. Then, unfortunately, in the second half, whatever offense they had, and same with Cincinnati, dissipated. The Bengals were able to muster a touchdown on their own. Final score, 35-17. Atlanta fails to get above 500 for the first time this season. And once again, they are relegated back in the pack of the NFC. Uh, Before I turn it over to the guys, I want to mention two other things. First thing is that Green Bay has lost three in a row after after they got upset by Washington today. I credit this as the curse of George Hallis. Because as we know, Green Bay needs one more win and one more Chicago loss to get the record for most NFL victories. They've been tied for a while. But every time the Bears lose giving them an avenue, the Packers just can't seem to get that victory to put them ahead. And once again, Chicago can get the record back with a victory tomorrow night over the New England Patriots. So the curse of George Hallis so far looks extremely real. And also, the second thing is, I don't know if I... I want to phrase this in a certain way. Um, I don't want you guys to be fearful for my mental health, but I'm not sure I can live in a world where the New York Jets are a legitimate playoff team. The Jets have won four in a row. They They had a great win today. In, in uh, their matchup, a defensive affair, if there ever was one, 16-9 over the Denver Broncos. They are 5-2 and two in the AFC East. They're a half game out, out. I mean, we all like Buffalo to win that division. No question that they're going to, but the Jets are a legitimate playoff team. Well, let me ask you this. Are they a legitimate playoff team? Is this a uh, quirk of the schedule? I mean, how is it that the Jets are sporting a 5-2 and two record? Well, it's their defense. Um, they have a young, opportunistic defense. They can get to the quarterback, and they have a secondary that is young, but they are talented. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of question the pick that they got in that draft, in the draft last year when they picked Amar at South Barton the fourth overall. But jokes on everyone who thought that that was a bad pick. Because this guy hasn't allowed a touchdown since high school. Right. So I don't think he's ever allowed a touchdown on him. Mm-hmm. So, 
when we look at that, and, and then this is that they didn't have that Wilson for like the first three or four games of the year, and yet they still pull out and they are four and two. But five and two now. Yes. They're a half game behind Buffalo. I'm going to say this, and I don't know if I want to be nice about it, but in seven games, I don't know if I've ever seen so much mediocre football being played in the National Football League than I have seen this year. A third of the teams that are in the NFL this year, I can honestly, and not even a third, because I can't find an eighth team. There are only seven teams that I can see, and, and I'm not going off of, I'm kind of going off of um, record-wise, but not as a lot of these divisional winners are not really, they still have questions. There are only seven teams in this league that I can tell you that are legit. I'm going to run them down for you. Okay. Buffalo. Yep. The Jets. And I, I, know, I know that sounds crazy, but the Jets are for real. Yep. The Chiefs. The Eagles. The Giants. The Cowboys. And the Vikings. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Everybody else has a problem. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has questions. Everybody else, I... I I just don't know. I think everybody else is because they're just, it's because of their record. Like, Tampa is 3-4, and four, but still the division of leaders. The Seattle Seahawks are 4-3. Four and three. I don't see them being a player in the, in the playoff uh, picture. No. Um, yeah, too many questions. You, you look at, yeah, too many questions. The Titans, yes, they won three in a row, but still questioning, uh, uh, questions are surrounding them. The Bengals got on track today. They've won three out. They've won four out of their last five. That's fine, but they still have questions. I'm not sold on Baltimore. Uh, I was sold on the Dolphins at one point in time, but I'm not too sure about them either. It's, I can just point out to you, the entire NFC South is the worst division in football. That is terrible football that's being played in that division, yeah, no and it's led by Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Those two teams are playing awful football right now. And Carolina is just a mess in its own stuff. They just traded Christian McCaffrey. Yep. So you look at that, and Atlanta's still trying to find themselves. So that, that's a terrible division. God awful division. Where it's only going to take seven wins to win that division. That's what it looks like right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seven wins in a seventeen in a seventeen week season. Yeah. That's that's saying that's not saying too much. Did you ever picture a, 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 a or a timeline or a dimension in which Tom Brady got outdoored by P.J. Walker? I I think this is the example where Brady just decided to hang around one extra year. One year too long. He should have left he should have left last year. He would have gone out on top or reasonably top. But this the type of football that the Bucks are producing right now is absolutely it's not worthy of his legacy, and I think his legacy is going to get really, really tarnished because of this. He's already his marriage has already been been ruined. So at the end of the day, you got to ask him: with this kind of football that you're playing here, is this worth it? And I'm really not sure. I mean, he would say yes, but I think everybody else would say no. And look at next week. Look at next week, guys. Tampa Bay gets Baltimore on a short week on Thursday night. Falcons get Carolina. You're looking at that. Falcons have a chance next week to be on top all alone in the NFC South with a 4-4 four and four record. And who's seen that coming? Yeah, no one did. No one did. 
no one in this thing the Falcons get five wins this year. Yeah, that I think probably will happen. I mean, they're at three right now. They got ten to play. And honestly, the only team with a winning record that's on the back half of their schedule are Leon's Chargers. Yep. Yep. And 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 even when you're looking at them, let's talk about them. Uh, they didn't look good today. But, no, not at all. But, but, but here's the thing. Cannon Allen still looking still looks like he's not all the way there, just like AJ Terrell didn't today. And his hamstring problem is a lot worse than what we thought it was. Yeah, he aggravated it. He got aggravated in the first quarter. And uh, that the Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, he's got to get the football rush back to him. And again, when you're down defensive starters like uh, like Atlanta, like the Chargers, uh, you're going to struggle. And, and you're going to, and those kind of things are going to happen. Like Atlanta today. This secondary was decimated. This secondary has been decimated. So what did the Bengals do? They exploited it. They only had like 40, 50 yards on the ground. That's all they needed. They only lit them up for 481 today. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happens when you can't generate a pass rush. You had to rely on the weakest part of your game, which is a pass rush. And, of Brady, course, your corner is going to get exploited. Brady Jarrett did have a sack today. His fourth on the season. He did, and Malone had one as well. They had three sacks today. Those were those came when I think they were down twenty-eight seventeen, twenty-one nothing. Just in in spots like that. But I mean, this is what we've seen in the NFL this season. We haven't seen too, really too much football. I mean, John, you made it off by talking about. Uh, Tom Brady, and we talked about the other guy, Aaron Rodgers. Right. Green Bay. Yeah. That's the world with them. I can't tell you what's wrong with them. It's the curse of George Hallis. I'm telling you. George Hallis's ghost is working behind the scenes to, uh, dis- to stymie the Packers as they try to take the Bears' record of most wins in the NFL history. Unfortunately, the Bears have not been able to take advantage. And yes, I'm being halfway serious when I say this. Really, really with the Packers, there's, I mean, it's so mind-boggling that maybe there is something supernatural going on here, and we can as as Halloween is uh, closing in. Oh, John, speaking of supernatural, maybe it's those psychedelic South American drugs that Aaron Rodgers taking good all season that having some type of residual effect that lasts into the midseason. <laughs> maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but like I said, the the Packers have just been not a good team this season. They just haven't, and surprisingly, the Vikings they're taking they're taking charge of that uh of that NFC North division. They got a two game lead. Of course, you know we're still relatively early in the season. They could vanish easily, but the Vikings kind of like where the, where they are right now. Okay. Well, I got a couple questions. Okay. Well, first, personally, um, to address my team, um, it's got a lot worse because we just lost Mike Williams for God knows how long for that. He had a nasty ankle injury at midfield during the fourth quarter. So I don't know how that's going to play out. But in reference to the Falcons, you know, with the Falcons after next game, with the, I'm pretty sure, I mean, this is the NFL any given Sunday. It's always in effect, all right? But 
in all likelihood, the Falcons should beat the Carolina Panthers next week. I'm thinking. But you would think. Because it looks like. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, the Panthers fired their coach. They traded away arguably their best player. They're right. very close to tank mode. Okay. Very close. So, I'm looking at the Falcons, and I'm going to just oppose them to set up Seahawks. All right? Mm-hmm. Both teams are enjoying success that was unexpected. Do you see both these quarterbacks being contracts at the end of the season if everything goes the way it looks like it's going to go? Because the Falcons were looking to very well win this division. They can. Yeah, if they, if they, the- if they look themselves in there, like, yeah, we can do this. And as long as they have that, as long as they have that mindset, they're not going to give Desmond Ritter the keys. Before you even talk about going for a franchise quarterback next season, you got to see what Ritter has or what Ritter can do. And as long as Mariota's got them in playoff contention, that's just not going to happen. We all thought that Mariota was just a stopgap. A stopgap, he would go a couple of games, four or five, Falcons would be... 0-5, 1-4, okay, we'll hand it off to Ritter, see what he can do, and all the while grading out the top quarterbacks coming out next year. Instead, we are in the midst of a playoff playoff chase, a chase that right now looks like they could benefit Atlanta. But again, to Daniel's point, the secondary has to get the people back. A.J. Terrell with his hamstring, they got to get that fixed. Or they have to get him back. They gotta do something with these injuries, because Coach Pease, D- Dean Pease, he's got a defensive quarter. I mean, he's got he's putting that together with duct tape. There are so many people out. Yeah, and it's just not fair. You know, sometimes you just you just have to work with what you what you have, and you have to just like you said, John, put duct tape on that thing, man. And listen, I'm gonna actually be at the game next Sunday. So that's going to be fun. Me and my wife are going to the Falcons Panthers game next Sunday. So you know, we'll see how that atmosphere will be. We'll see how it happens. And and they can think of it. The Falcons are going through straight at home. So you know, we'll see how that goes. But they need to pick up a division win right now because they're only two in the division. And right now, they currently are ninth when it comes to the playoff chase. Because San Francisco owns a five-way tie when it comes to that. Even though we beat the 49ers, they own the say, five-way yeah, tie. Yeah, we beat them two weeks ago. Or last week, last week. Right. Yeah, last week. So, you know, it's, it's just weird on that situation. In terms of, you know, answering me on the question, we already got Mariota for three years, right? And so, two, three years, I think it's three years. Mary Loder hasn't looked bad. He hasn't looked bad to where you can say, oh man, let's turn the, let's, let's turn the keys over to Ritter. I can honestly say that. Um, he's made the throws. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make too many mistakes. I think today's his problem. Yeah, I think today's problem is that he was holding the ball too long in the pocket at times. Well, he's a lot, he's a lot more movable, a lot more uh, mobile than Matt Ryan ever was, especially toward the end. But, he gives him that attention. Yeah, right. But the thing that, that happened with Mariota today was that the defensive line of Cincinnati was just too good today. And his offensive line just could not hold up on what was going on. 
and they were just kind of confused on what happened. And you saw at times that they had a linebacker that spied Mariota back there, so he he couldn't even make the big plays. The run game, which has been there, a kick, which has been there, their bread and butter, uh-huh. really didn't get going away because, again, that front line, that front four outplayed the Falcons' offensive line. That's the first time we can honestly say that this year. The, the Falcons' offensive line has been superb. In, in the one game and even in the past game. But a lot of that, uh, just a lot of just being outplayed up front and the injuries in the secondary really hurt Atlanta. And going forward, and, and that's what happens with teams, man. For Chargers, we talked about it before. You, they could be important players or a ton of players that are missing that, that could hurt you or whatnot. With with Brady and the Bucks, when I look at them, it, they have no excuse. Look, they're not playing for Tom Brady. I really feel that way. I really feel that their defense, which is as good as it gets, has had enough. You, you just, you just lost to the Carolina Panthers today, and you, and you lost bad. Right. So what does that tell? That tells me that this team. Does not want it. And I understand it's the National Football League. We, we get that, right? This is the National Football League. It, there's going to be a week where, where there's going to be one team that's just like, wow, what, what happened today? But, but you can't say that about Tampa. And you can't say that about San Francisco either. Because the 49ers, who was always one of the best defenses in the league, their injuries have caught up to them. They got Atlanta Gaston for. 200 some odd yards in one game last week. And then today, Kansas City just, just looked head over heels above shoulders better than them. Mm-hmm. The trickery that they were doing today. Yeah, you can't give Patrick Mahomes anything against the beat up secondary. He's just going to take you to the woodshed. And that's He's going exactly, to pick you apart all day long. And that's exactly what he did. Just absolutely destroyed Kansas City in that game today. Yeah, Kansas City's defense, you know, I don't like complimenting, you know, Kansas City too much, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, of course. At all, for obvious reasons, you know. <clears throat> but their defense didn't look too shabby at all today either. I mean, granted, they gave up 23 points, but that's not bad, you know. Right, you're right. They, they had their moments where they looked spectacular. I think they even had a game. So they, they, Looked incredible today, uh, and that's surprising to say. Which is, you know, Kansas City's not a team, you know, that just doesn't do well on defense. I mean, but they they look good against the San Francisco team that has the weapons and that can put up points on the scoreboard. But again, San Francisco, they're not even leading their division. The Seattle Seahawks are leading their division now. But don't let's take us back to Seattle. Do you believe that if Seattle keeps performing the way they are performing, because you know they're only, they, I think they were projected this year to win five games. Five, I'm talking the 17 week season. Well, hey, the, Fal- the, the Falcons were projected to, to win the same amount, maybe yeah. less. Right, and both teams are pretty much in are, are you know on on the road to win their divisions and, and represent their teams in the playoffs and represent their um, respective divisions in the playoffs. Yep. And what I'm saying is, you said Mariota he's already logged in for about three years. 
Geno Smith has been, if, if Johnny Moon was a person, it's, that's Geno Smith all day, right? Yes. If the Seattle Seahawks, if he leads the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs this year, which is very possible, I think that Arizona's got something to say about that, especially um, when they got um, DeAndre Hopkins back. They got a lot to say about that. And I believe that um, the 49ers will eventually get the head out there, but and the Rams are about to say that about that as well, too, which even strengthens my argument. If the, if the Seattle Seahawks win this division with all of that competition going on, they have great competition in the division. Mm-hmm. Will we see Joe Smith get a long-term contract? I think we would have to. Yeah, you kind of would. Yeah, you kind of would have to. But I think, I think the amount of, uh, I think Seattle would work in an escape route, an escape valve, in case he has a major, major reversion, uh, step backwards in, in his into the style of his play, in the uh, amount and what his play has been so far. I think Seattle would put something in there just to help him, just to. Uh, Give them a little bit of leeway. Give them a little bit of uh, escape in case, in case things go bad, go south. Well, the thing is, you know, is that it's not a fluke what he's doing this season. He needs to leave his passing percentage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so that, that's no fluke. That means he's hitting his target. Now, we don't know what the situation is with DK Metcalf because he got hurt today. Right. And we don't know. So, that's his big target. That's his guy. We don't know how that's going to pan out with him. And remember, they're they're in first place, and they don't have their best defensive player, Jamal Adams. He's going to be out for the year. I forgot his injury, but he's going to be out for the year. And uh, another thing I, I want to talk about, I want to allude to, is uh, the Saints in the Cardinals game, which happened on Thursday night. Finally, had some offense. Um, we kind of made up for three weeks of non of non-existent offense. Right, but there was something that happened that day uh, on the sidelines when Bell uh, was on the call to timeout. Tyler Murray goes over to the sidelines and and tells his coach to chill out. So he didn't say it that way, but he said chill, chill the f out. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it's been the, it's really been the talk. Of the town, it's not really the the two pick sixes that Andy Dalton threw in two straight possessions, and not the fact that Arizona just looked like a a, a better, much better football team than the Saints. But that's been the talk of the town. Um, for me, I think with that, I, I don't know. I'm really 50 50 with it. I understand where Tyler Murray is coming through. A lot of people say, hey, Chris Kingsbury did not deserve that job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, isn't it funny on how in, in, in the real world, we could never get away <laughs> with telling the boss to chill out? No. But in the NFL or any other thing, they could get away with it. And they get in the press time and say, man, we good. <laughs> if I'm going to my boss, if I was going to my boss and walk in right now, and and he's in a frenzy, and I tell him to chill the f out, I have to come and live with one of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you know, you know, they say though, right? Production equals tolerance. 
That's true. True. And if, if you're someone who, even if you have the job, if you're a high producer of film, and say, for example, and you are pretty much the LeBron James, the DK Metcalf, the um, the who the, the the 2016 Julio Jones of your job, mm-hmm. and your supervisor is sitting back, you know, acting out. It's like, hey man, <laughs> chill out, man. Chill out. I don't know about chill the f out. Man. I don't know about chill the f out, but you know, hey, hey relax. I got you. Man. <laughs> but, chill, chill the F, but you know that's what that's what he's like, now they like said if he's a third string off the bench or you know a no name player then mm-hmm. you know he'll be a whole that man will be off looking at his of games from yesterday well, you know or if if this has been a, yeah if this has been in college I don't know I don't know you gotta be a hateful player man that's <laughs> it get away with something like that like that, you know, that's what I take with that one. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think Kyler Murray was just anxious to get home and play the new Call of Duty uh, that came out that day. <laughs> I think that, that's, what, that's what the uh, bottle scuttlebutt was that he just wanted to get out and play and do that. They're kind of surprised he showed up to the game because of that, anyway. Uh, I want to make a point about the Giants. You talk about you said that the Giants are one of your teams that you think is for real. Uh, Daniel, I don't know how to break this to you, but uh, the Giants really haven't played anybody. The only team they've played really is Dallas uh, and Baltimore, They went, and they went one and one with that. But for the Giants, it's about they still have a, three more games where they can coast. You start, you got us. They got a stretch starting on Thanksgiving at Dallas, home with Washington, home with Philadelphia, and then Washington. They have four division games in the space of a month. And until then, uh, they get they get Seattle, then the bye week, then it's Houston and Detroit before starting that NFC East gauntlet. Because they've only played one game in the division, and they've played three games against the AFC, two against the AFC South. They still have two more to go. So the Giants, I you know I, I like what they're I like what they're doing, but I'm not ready to anoint them just yet. I, and that's a fair point. I, I do get that, but I, I'm looking at them. In terms of, listen, it's a national football league, mm-hmm. and whoever is put in, is placed in front of you, you have to win those games. And I, I look at, I look at the Giants. I, I think they're young. I think they're free. I think they're spirited. And yeah, and I'm looking at the schedule. I think that I, I think that they have three impressive wins on their schedule mm-hmm. at Tennessee. Green Bay yeah, in Baltimore. Right. Now, now, just to say that the Titans are in first place, Ravens are in first place, Green Bay is, is a shell of themselves, and, and Aaron Rodgers is a shell of himself. Okay? So, we, we can say that. But, yeah, you're right, man. They have not played. They played Dallas already and lost it in 23-16. But they haven't played the Eagles. They still got them twice, and... That get and that finale of uh, week eighteen could be if they continue to play the way that they're playing, could be for the division crown. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been a while since we said that about the Giants, and we, we just haven't. Yeah. So 
Uh, like I said, I get your point. But I think it's a, it's a very valid point. But at the same time, at the same time, it it I, I think that the Giants, when I look at them, I look at the young squad. I think that they're playing. I think they're playing new football, and they're not worried about anything else around. They just playing with the We see Saquon Barkley playing well. Daniel Jones is playing well. That defense led by Thibodeau, that rookie out of Oregon. He's playing well. It, 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 it's so much to coming together for them. And they have a great coach in Brian DeVall. Right. And, and I That's right. That's right. We are the last three guys to do a podcast. I'm John Morgo talking it over with Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown here on a Sunday. Late October. Halloween is coming up. Georgia football off this week. But that's going to change in a hurry. Big three-game stretch for the Dogs. Starts this weekend against Florida in the, lar- in the world's largest cocktail party. And then they get Tennessee. In Athens, it's going to be a battle of top five teams. And a lot of people are already looking forward to this matchup and completely overlooking the Gators. But I don't think Georgia's going to overlook the Gators. I think they've pretty much got it dialed in. And Tennessee, good. it's a, it's a good story. I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to argue that it's not, but the thing about Tennessee is they're already looking ahead to the SEC championship game, thinking that they're in it. And I, you know, again, they got to get through Georgia, and I kind of, I think Georgia is really going to um, come up big in that matchup in two weeks. They just can't overlook Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah, that Georgia-Tennessee game, who would have ever thought that that would be a top, a, that game day would possibly be going to that game? There's no question <laughs> that game day's not, there's no question game day's yeah. going to that one. No question. Yeah, they, they gotta go, they've got to go to that one in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know where they're going next week. They're actually going to Jackson State University next week. So oh, that's good for them. First time since, I think, 2014. I think they're going to be seeing you. So I think that that's just a great thing. But uh, digressing there, yeah, you can't overlook Florida. No matter how bad Florida's been playing the last three seasons, you can't overlook them. They're still the rivalry, and Florida gets up for this thing. If anything, Florida gets up for three games a year. Tennessee, Georgia, Florida State. They get up for those three games. Yes. And we, and, and we know that. And Georgia is looking to play spoiler. I'm sorry, Florida's looking to play, play spoiler with Georgia because if Florida can somehow beat Georgia, there's going to be a huge problem there. Yes. And what are you putting that in the family? You have to drop them in six or seven. Right, you have to. Right, so, and because the SEC is so tough, the SEC now has seven teams in the top 25 welcome South Carolina Ugh. into the mix. Uh-huh. So, but Georgia, Georgia better be careful. And I think Kirby Smart understands that. He knows what kind of team he has. He, know, he understands what the situation is. And Stetson Bennett does too. He, and I hope he understands that. But this will be the, the true test for Georgia this year. Can they, and, and I say that because Tennessee is on the horizon. You get yourself caught up in some Tennessee mystique and, and looking at that, and even Tennessee. 
you better be careful, Georgia, because Florida is coming. Yes. And they understand you have a bigger game against Tennessee, and they, they understand that you're going to overlook them. And you guys have got a game coming up. I say you guys, Florida State. You got Georgia Tech next week, I believe. And Georgia Tech just came crashing down to earth. Brent Keith suffered his first loss at the hands of Virginia. Yeah, right. We were surprised at that. We, uh, you and I were calling uh, the pace game Thursday night. Yep. And, you know, we were getting the updates. And it seems like Georgia Tech had turned the corner. And then they just went flat Thursday night. So, Florida State is on a three-game losing streak because they had a tough stretch. Oh, yes. They had a tough stretch. They had to fight through. You had to go up against NC State. You had to go up against Clemson. Those are tough matchups that you had to go up against. And Wake Forest started it off. It's a game you can get back on the right track. But again, Georgia Tech comes in. That is a different-looking football team. And we just have to see where this thing goes. I, I really couldn't tell you at this point, but I tell you what, John, that, that's going to be an interesting matchup too. Exactly. And now, of course, since college football kind of took the week off, Georgia, again, wasn't playing, so there really wasn't much action going on. But, hey, the NBA has started. Leon is happy, with the exception of the fact that his Lakers are 0-3. Leon, what yeah. is going on with your Lakers? <laughs> Well, we got to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an attribute. This. It's 82 games in the season. Right. All right. We have a brand new coach. Um, we have a lot of questions surrounding, you know, some key players of ours. Uh, we have people have, we have individuals that still have to learn the role. I mean, it's a lot going on. And I'm just trying to avoid the fact that it looks like we might not even make the playoffs this year, guys. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, it's, 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 it's just not looking good. I mean, at the end of the day, granted, it's an eight game season, but, like, for example, the manner in which we lost today, you know, we couldn't get anything going in the, in the final two minutes of the, of, of the, of the fourth quarter. Leon is, referring to a, Leon is referring to a 100-604 defeat at the hands of Portland earlier today. Yeah, and then the day before, our backcourt, when they combine one of twenty five against the Clippers, I mean one of twenty five. I mean, is it special basketball? <laughs> you know, is is you know, it's now Russell Westbrook Brennan is playing great defense against Kawhi Leonard. I, I, I like what I've seen. Um, but as far as offensively, you know, he, he's just he's just uncomfortable. You know, because for one, he's been relegated to being a shooting guard, which he's not a shooting guard; he's a point guard. I mean, they have to really get together because it seems that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, there's certain moves that have to be made and all that. They're not, they're not going to be able to trade a $47 million unproductive-looking player to anybody. No one's taking that. So, it, it's just, uh, you know, the, it, the, the, the positive that I'm taking out of this is Anthony Davis is playing like Anthony Davis is starting to get farther. I'm seeing 25 plus out of him. LeBron James is in great shape. You know, he, he, he missed the game winner today. But other than that, I, I like what I'm seeing on LeBron. Um, I'm hoping that as long as those two are healthy, 
that that gives us a glimmer of a a glimmer of hope that we could somehow write this shit. But the last uh, time, the last time I can remember us being all four was in 2013 when um we had Dwight Howard no no 2014 when we had the Steve Nash Dwight Howard disaster. Well, you're headed out on the road this week. Two game stretch against Denver and Minnesota. Oh man, Denver. Both, you know, this is the NBA. All, all games are winnable. I'm, I'm hoping that we could somehow get our head out of our butt and um, click off some W's and, you know, get everything headed in the right direction. Because um, if we take two more losses, it's just, I mean, at what point do you start pressing the panic button? Well, they ha- well they're, they're looking to trade Westbrook, though. I mean, they're shop- they are shopping him like a red light sale at a Kmart. Man, I'm gonna say this: the, the problem that I've seen with the Lakers, and and but we know what the season's gonna be about, okay? LeBron's going to pass Kareem as the all-time leading scorer. I believe he will, at least. But that's gonna take so much out of him. Here's the problem with the Lakers: they can't shoot. They they can't shoot to save their lives. I think they set the NBA record for low, for shooting percentage in, in for the first two games of the year. They also designed the art, man. And that's, in, in today's game, that's how you win ball games. You're not going to beat Golden State shooting like that. You were showing in an opening night. Y'all shot 10 for 40. And threes. First off, what are you doing jacking up that many threes when you can't shoot it? Like, we're going strictly inside and, and getting that together. But, here's the thing, Anthony Davis. I think you have to hold your breath with that guy. We, we've always said this, and we've said this even with the title run. This thing that will not be successful if Anthony Davis is not healthy and he's not playing above his knees. Not playing top five NBA player basketball. That's the thing that's a goal. It's not LeBron, it's AD. But there's a lot of things that he has to get together. The other thing is right now they're trying to figure out Russell Westbrook. They can't figure out what they want to do with him. And you have to trade him. If you can't figure out what you have to do with a, with a top 75 NBA player, which is shocking to me. You have to trade him. The mystique of being an L.A. Laker is too much for him. The fact that he cannot be the dominant ball handler is too much for him. He has to go. And today, you, you have to, you, you might need to trade. Everybody but LeBron and A.B. are, are, subject, to, uh, are subject to trade on that team, if you ask me. Yeah, but today you can't say AD because AD value, but you don't know if he's gonna stay healthy or not. So his trade value might not even be that good for you to even trade him in the, in the first place. LeBron and AD are the only ones that are on that are not on notice for that team. If you if you want to be a 
contender. I ain't talking about a championship contender. I'm just saying a playoff contender, period. You have to make some moves. You have to get some shooting around LeBron and AD. That's what got them. That's what got them to win in the bubble. That's what's gonna get them. That's what's gonna get them to win anywhere else. It has to happen. Yeah, because right now I guess we're running a two-point guard, a, a three-point guard system with Patrick Beverly, Russ Westbrook, and LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Westbrook, you know, he, he shoots four for fifteen today, which is about a uh, little, little bit over thirty percent. Um, zero for three, zero for three for three-pointer from three-point range. Um, he 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 got he got he got a double single, uh, six rebounds and six assists. I mean, man, at, 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 one, at some point, you know, I said, I believe we're trying to shop him, but it's just, who's, who's going to take him? You know, you can shop all you want to, but if you have what looks to be a, I mean, what looks to be, just what looks to be, because I believe if you put Westbrook in the right situation, mm-hmm. he can become Westbrook again. But this is not the situation for him. Where if he's not the dominant ball handler, if you look at it in his career, when has he not been the dominant ball handler? Never. Never. And that's when he shines. And we're talking about a player that's on year 15. That's when he shines. It is what it is. He has and, been the dominant ball handler. Leon, do you think that the reason why he's not the ball handler on this Lakers, on this Lakers team is because he's not playing, playing well? Because LeBron James is here. And now he's the dominant ball handler. That's why. See, when LeBron James has the ball, you're, everybody else is relegated to being spot-up shooters. If we've seen right. throughout LeBron's career, before Chris Bosh came to the Miami Heat, he was a Hall of Famer. That's how he got most of Hall of Fame credentials when he was with the Raptors. He was a, 20, he was a perennial 20-10. Chris Bosh was equivalent to Anthony Davis. Safe to say. Right? Chris Bosh and Anthony Davis. He gets the Miami Heat. He's primarily a defensive and spot-up shooter type. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James take up the, I'm saying the bulk of the um, offensive um, shine, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now, when Westbrook comes in to the Lakers, Westbrook is used to being at, at least the second option. Look, at any time in his career, he's at least the second option. When, um, even when he was um, with Durant, second option. Paul George, um, Carmelo Anthony, He's the second option, but no, so Miller was the third. Mm-hmm. Everybody still got the numbers. At the same time, you have a player like LeBron James, who is really the de facto point guard, and now if he wants the ball, he's getting the ball, and Westbrook now has to go off and become a shooting guard, in which he is not a knockdown shooter like that. He just never had to work on the aspect of his game. Mm-hmm. He just never did. I mean, he can shoot, but he's, like a, he, he, he's a volume shooter. And that just doesn't work when you have a player like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, where Anthony Davis should be your primary option as far as um, scoring concerned, then LeBron, right. then Westbrook. Right. And that's just a role that he's not comfortable in playing. And I'm not saying Westbrook is not at he's still He's still Westbrook. He's still Westbrook, but he just can't be Westbrook in this system. And I don't think anybody's seen this coming. No one's seen it coming. You know, when it was just a given, hey, you bring those, bring that triple double cachet to us. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all we, we asked them to do, right? 
Team is shooting twenty two percent from three point range. That is the right. right now. The next team shooting as bad is shooting twenty nine percent, and that's Chicago. Last, last year, our best two point shooter was a guy by the name of Malik Monk. <laughs> yes, we missed the playoffs. Needless to say, and and he's gone. He's out of here. Yeah, and I don't think Monk is on the team anymore. No, he's oh, he's not. He got he got three years. He got three years doing somewhere else. But you think that shooting elsewhere? But yeah, we, we don't have any real shooters. And it, like I said, if the Lakers were a team, if this is nineteen ninety five, you know what I'm saying? Then yeah, we, we got a point. If this is nineteen eighty seven. Okay, you got a hurt with a three point shot was not as prevalent. Okay, we got a point. But in in this day and age, where the three point shot is absolutely necessary, mm-hmm. this, this is what it is. Yeah, Malik Monk. And Malik Monk. Yes, yeah, Sacramento. Good job, John. Yes. Yeah, he's in the second middle with him and Buddy Hill shooting it up. <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 this is the same guy that, that, that LeBron, or, I know, excuse that the league was saying, why not trade for Buddy Hill? And it was somebody else who was on that team, too. But why not trade for them? Buddy Hill, you know, the best shooter in the game. Everybody wants to play Monday morning quarterback. All right? Yeah. If you if you tell me... If you told me, buddy here to Russell Westbrook, I'm taking Westbrook. I'm sorry. I beat again. You take that chance. You just take the chance. You got buddy here Westbrook, I'm taking Westbrook. On paper, it looks good. Because why? Because Dwayne Wade and LeBron works. Why not Westbrook and LeBron? Oh, because Westbrook can't read DL by Dwayne Wade. I'm sorry. Man. Hey, Dwayne, um, Westbrook, you know what I'm saying, can't really, ah, that we're getting a shooter like Dwayne Wade. Ooh. Second, though Dwayne Wade and LeBron James were who they were, they were surrounded by shooters. They always had them a Ray Allen. They had them a Mike Miller. They had them a Eddie House. They had shooters around them. The Lakers don't have that right now. We don't have shooters. We got to throw those guys on shooters. And we just don't have that. So I'm guessing that after this season, Rob Pelicans will have to get another job. Yeah, probably. probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, Leon, you have to go, right? I mean, I think we kept you. Yeah. Yeah, Leon, we'll, yeah, let, you, yeah, yeah. we'll let you go. Uh, I, I, so I apologize for getting you on a Laker rant. But I just thought it was interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. With the, the NBA season <laughs> started, we wanted your opinion. This has been a rough, man, this has been a rough day for me, man. The Lakers lost, the Chargers lost, and my Padres got eliminated. Yes, and uh, Daniel, yeah. Daniel and I will talk about that in a moment. So, all right, Leon, we'll, I'm, I'm on, I'm, we'll see you. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the pressure watch. I'm, I'm on the pressure watch. Well, all right. Well, have a good shift at work, and uh, well, again, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, we'll see you on Saturday up in Valeska for the Reinhardt right football on. game against St. Andrews. So, hope you see that for there. All right, that's all right. Leon's got to go. We'll both Daniel and I will stick around for a couple more minutes, talk about stuff, stuff including the. The Major League Baseball World Series. We've got one half of, of the bracket set up. The Philadelphia Phillies advanced, beating 
Uh, they beat San Diego in five games. Now on the other side, the Houston Astros have a chance to sweep out the Yankees. And I don't think anybody would see that coming uh, when this series between the two started. So it looks like we're going to see a Philadelphia-Houston World Series. And Daniel, this has got to be the worst nightmare for Major League Baseball. They don't have it at Los Angeles. They don't have New York. They don't have Atlanta. They've got a team that everyone universally hates and the Astros. <laughs> and they're going to get the team who, who saw that coming? Exactly. Right? Who saw the Phillies? The Phillies were the sixth seed. I know, they're going to squeak in. They squeak in. They squeak in and beat out Milwaukee to get there. And then all of a sudden, you know what, John? Baseball, and, and, and you tell me this because I know you're an average baseball guy, and and I can go to you for it. And listen, baseball used to be baseball was my love at one point. Yeah. I loved it more than football at one point, and I still study baseball. Baseball is one of the best historical things that you can study mm -hmm. because it's just a lot that goes with it. Right. Um, and if you go back and look at the history of baseball and what is it's endured mm -hmm. over the last 100 years or so, and we'll be like, wow, this is this is some game. But game one between the Cardinals and Phillies, didn't we just kind of have a slight feeling that the Phillies was going to go somewhere after they put up six runs yeah. in the ninth inning? They came, they, they came back, knocked them out, and then all of a sudden, you just couldn't stop them. It just seems like something, uh, they had something that intangible that you can never put, quite put a finger on. Call it chemistry, call it destiny, whatever. They just seemed to have it. They had the confidence. They had everything going in their direction. Uh, we thought Atlanta would at least slow them down. They didn't. Maybe got one game out of it. And then there they go, just allowing one game to the... San Diego Padres before beating them and now advancing on to play and you know it's going to take a miraculous comeback by the New York Yankees to advance down 3-0 in that series. Baseball has a way of making you feel so good mm -hmm. is making you having you be so high up that sometimes it can just bring you down. Right. And sometimes baseball can make you feel so low that at some point in time it can bring you up. There are no Mets. The top five teams in the National League have been eliminated. Yes. yes. Meanwhile, on the other end and on the other side, the top two teams are still there, but... The Yankees have Aaron Judge, who's been a success story this year. 62 home runs. He's the all-time leader in the American League now. Passing yep. Mills. You know, he's been a great story. But even they had to come back down to reality and realize that Houston Astros really have been the best team in baseball all season. Mm -hmm. But people have wanted to keep quiet about it. Yes. It's, right? like, it's like we said many times on this show. We cannot root for the Astros after what they've done with the cheating scandal mm -hmm. until they absolutely 
implode, become the worst team in baseball, and then they got to, and then once that happens, then they can build their uh, fan base back up and get and get to be likable. Until that happens, and, the Astros yeah. are going to be universally hated. And I and I I joked kind of at the outset where I said the most hated team in baseball and the Astros. I kind of kind of making a joke about that. I think at least Atlanta people in Atlanta, you know, they. Re, I don't think anybody outside of Philadelphia and Houston is going to watch this series. I don't think this series is going to get any traction simply because you don't have the big markets. You've got two. You've got two fan bases which are annoying on a good day. Uh, I just don't think anyone's really going to care about this. And I think the, I think the ratings are just going to be in the toilet. Um, I may be wrong. If I am, I'll admit it. But I just think that for, for baseball and what their commissioner, what they want, this is the absolute worst possible scenario in terms of getting eyeballs to watch your game. Uh, but, but, you know, I may be wrong because, as you said, Daniel, the NFL this season is mediocre. You're not seeing that great teams. You're not seeing great games. College football, of course, is always going to be number one. Uh, you've got the NHL starting up, the NBA starting up. Of course, those don't really go in the fans' mind until shall we say Christmas or New Year's that's even if hockey and that's really after the all-star break to be honest with you yeah yeah really after both all-star breaks is when you start looking at at hockey and you start saying oh wow okay so this team might be good and then even in the NBA you start saying okay what position is this team in and how far can they catch this team and that team yeah you start looking at that I mean the casual sports fan. I mean the the hoop head like Leon. I mean he's watched he's he's catching every regular season game. But I'm talking about the casual sports fan, the fan that kind of goes along with whatever is most compelling in terms of matchups. And, and like I said, NFL, yes. Uh, of course, the Thursday night games are getting a lot of are getting a lot of heat because of the matchups. We got a pretty decent one coming up with Baltimore and Tampa, but that's not even there simply because everything's mediocre. Uh, you could say that this is what the NFL wants. They want parity. They want 18. They want any team, all teams to go 30, to go 7 and 8, 8, or not 7 and 8, 9 and 8, 8 and 9, uh, simply because it would make for exciting games. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. what it's making for is boring games. Um, that's, that's the problem. It's making for incredibly boring games. Although if you're a Kansas City fan, you gotta like you. You're happy with what you saw. If you're a Jets fan, you're like what you saw. If you're a New York football fan, both of your teams are relevant going into November. Both of them. That hasn't happened. I cannot tell you the last time that both New York teams were relevant. It might. The last time it happened might have been in the days of Joe Namath. You might have to go that far back. Although maybe not that far back, maybe the um, maybe the mid '80s uh, might be the last time that the that both teams were uh, relevant at the same time. I'm talking the days of Phil Simms, and who was that long? Um, no, not Vince Ferguson. Um, oh, his name escapes me, and I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look that up of who the Jets quarterback was in the mid '80s. Um, so I mean. <laughs> 
So if you're a football, if you're a New York fan, you are watching the NFL. You don't care about, you don't care <laughs> And your dog apparently has strong, I think your dog knows the answer to who the New York Jets quarterback in the mid-80s was. No, my son coming in the door, so my, oh. so my dog feel like he has to bark okay. at everybody that comes through the door. Okay, okay, so well, he, he, he might know that, I, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So you know, so you know, that's what New York is going to care about. L.A. I don't even know if we got L. I don't even know if L, what what L.A. is doing. They're probably focused on the Lakers, uh, the Chargers, and the Rams. Not what they were. It's just that I don't see this postseason as being all that good for Major League Baseball. I really don't. I don't see how this uh, new how this new uh, format helped. I just I mm-hmm. just don't see where it's working. Ken O'Brien, that's who I Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien, okay. That's yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. And I'm I'm just looking through I'm just looking through the names of these quarterbacks. Uh, New York mm-hmm. Jets have gotten quarterbacks after a lot of quarterbacks after they've made their name with other teams. I mean they had Boomer yeah. they had Boomer after his Bengal heyday, Neil O'Donnell yeah. after his Pittsburgh heyday, same with Vinny Testaberg. Yeah, yep. Chad Pennington in the 2000s, he might be the last year. They had a year of Brett Favre, of course, Geno, of course. So, yeah, yep. Ken O'Brien, that's who I was thinking of. So, yeah, Ken O'Brien. Yeah, he's like the, the last, maybe, original Jet. Mm-hmm. You know, he might be one of only two because Namus is one of them. Right. But, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, you're right about that one. Yeah, so that so like I said, the mid '80s. That might have been the last time that the Jets and Giants were football relevant at the same time. So, because really, the Jets have been laughing stocks for about twenty years, ever since now, Pen- Jets, ever since Pennington left. Now, the, now the Jets did make an AFC Championship appearance during the Brady years. Mm-hmm. They had a, that's when Rex Ryan had that team and they had a tremendous defense. Yeah, but what did the Giants uh, do that year? The Giants? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I know one of those years, remember, they, they stopped New England and yeah, they, they went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was 2007, but, but I don't think that was the same year that the Jets went all the way. But, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, like I said, my whole point of this little screed is that base baseball postseason has generated two teams that no one outside of Houston and Philadelphia are gonna are gonna want to watch. That's my that's my yeah. whole point. They can, this is completely lost on the casual fan. And mm-hmm. and especially so I, I mean I got the I got the baseball game on now Yankees with a two nothing lead in the second as Houston already got a man on but again a lot of time left in that one so that's so that's 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 my whole point um, yeah I don't know what and I, and I get that and I don't and, and I get that it's it's not with baseball if you want to attract the casual fan you have to have the matchup mm-hmm. and. And, and what I mean by the casual fan is like people who know about baseball. Right. You know, it, it, like the people who know about baseball this year probably would have wanted to see 
round three between the Dodgers and the Braves in the NFCS. That was the appropriate matchup. Right. And we got the Yankees and the Astros, right? But that that would have been the final four that we would have wanted to see. And maybe we would have been at the City Yankees and Dodgers. But the Yankees and Dodgers, that, that's a rivalry that goes back to the 30s. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a, an iconic rivalry. Yeah, over so, 100 years. Right. Now, listen, I'm not saying that we haven't seen any matchups that's been like, oh, man, this is not a glamour matchup. Because we have. I mean, you, you go back to 1990s where you had the earthquake. Yes. Between, uh, between the, uh, no, I thought that was 89. It was the 89 World Series. Right. Between the Giants, Giants and the, the Athletics. Yeah, the Giants and the A's. Mm-hmm. The Yankees and Padres from 98, I believe it was, where uh, Tony Green went to just his second World Series that year. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees were just well, head of uh, head of better than the Padres right. in the series. Um, I, I mean, there's a ton of matchups where I can say, "Man, it's, really?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But this one, even and not to say anything about the Phillies. Listen, I'm I'm not a Phillies fan in our division. Okay, but what I see from them, that team has heart and they can hit. They can, they can they can hit and they play small ball better, but when Schwarber comes up, it's no small ball for him. Right. You know. Although, and you, you just. Uh, although to be fair, I am glad that Bryce Harper is getting into the World Series. He deserves. Oh, yeah, that, he deserves it. That, uh, he deserves it. He deserves. He deserves every bit of it. He and and Trout. Yeah. Was, when they first, when they came out the same year, we was always wondering that something's missing. And and to that point. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani not being in the postseason, at some point, that's got to stop. We've been saying that for 10 years. We've been saying, yeah, I know. like I said, the Angels, I don't <laughs> know if they have a plan. They're just they're just kind of milling around. And if they, unless they get really serious about get, making the postseason, they need to shop those two. I've made no bones about that. I've made no bones about that. And they're not because they just signed lucrative deals, both of them did. Mm-hmm. And the is the best player in baseball. I mean, I know it's not fair, but, but it's not fair that the guy can pitch and hit. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen anybody in the likes of that since Dave Ruth. So it's not fair for that. And I get it. And I understand that. But, man, to not see those two guys who have been. Probably the two, you know, probably the two best players in baseball when healthy. Uh-huh. Not, not even reach a postseason. And like you said, Mike Trout's been in the game, what, 10 years now? At least. At Hasn't least. played in the playoff game? At least, yes. All right, we're going to You have... know, Tony's been in three, four years, so, you know, he still has time. But, my goodness, it, it's time for Mike Trout to get to the postseason, but you have to build a team around him. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, we're going to have to leave it there on this last yes. edition of the on this edition. Of the last three guys do a podcast: John Morgan, Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown. You can catch Daniel and me on Friday coming up this Friday, seven fifteen. Pace Academy hosts Stockbridge. This game will decide the region title. A Pace win would create a three-way logjam on top of the region, and 
Who knows what would happen? Stockbridge needs a victory to sew up the, the number one seed. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be at 7.15 on the NFHS Network. And then on Saturday, the three of us will be in Waleska. It's homecoming. And we're going to have a, hopefully have a special doubleheader for you. First up, it'll be the football game with St. Andrews. That's going to be at noon. And then a little bit later on, about 3.34, Footmen's basketball gets started. Their opener against Coastal Georgia. You don't want to miss that. That's on ReinhardEagles.com. As always, this episode drops on Tuesday. Spotify, iTunes, iCloud. <clears throat> excuse me. Spotify, iTunes, Pocket, uh, wherever you get your favorite podcasts on the Odyssey app as well. Thank you so much. We'll be with you next week. This has been the last three guys to do a podcast.